tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the FTN Dynasty Podcast. Helping you create the ultimate dynasty. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Popolars and Adam Pfeiffer. Doesn't matter what's happened before today. Today's a brand new day. It's a brand new season. Welcome in. I am your host, Jeremy Popolars, who you can find on Twitter at PopesFFH. I am joined by the Adam Pfeiffer, who you can find on Twitter at Pfeiffer24. And boy, do we have a show for you. It is March 14th, and the free agent signings are a frenzy in this tampering period. Adam, we have about, you know, eight things to talk about, so I'm excited to get into there. But before we do that, how are you doing, Adam? Yeah, like our original plan was to continue our prospect series with the wide receivers, and we will continue to do that the rest of the week. But we... If we just decided to like hit on news and then get into one of the prospects, it would be like an hour and a half podcast. So we'll dedicate this one to all the news we saw, which a lot of it came uh, Tuesday afternoon. Um, Yeah, but there's a lot to discuss a lot. You know, we didn't have a lot of fantasy relevant signings on Monday that quickly changed on Tuesday. We're still waiting on some other players. And by this point, there could be a lot of trades Um, and we're still waiting on a certain quarterback from Green Bay to decide because that is all I've seen on Twitter for the past f- four weeks, apparently. So it's fun times mm-hmm. though. Yeah. You know, he's just over there already demanding the team to make and go get some signings before he's I understand there, it's Aaron so Rodgers, it but that's pretty wild to me. Yeah. And like, like it's Aaron not Rogers like, it's, it's not like Garrett uh, Wilson and Elijah like Moore are bad football over. players. Yeah. I saw somebody on Twitter today post. They were like, does Rodgers realize that the Jets receiving core is actually good? <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. Like Corey pretty, Davis. Pretty, I that's think, a pretty factual thing right there. Yeah. Corey, you have Corey Davis as your three. Elijah Moore is your two. And, and obviously Garrett Wilson is your one. Like that's better than Green Bay's. Like all those players outside of maybe. Yeah. Like I think Elijah Moore is better than Alan Lazard, but we'll see. But yeah. And I'm sure that'll break Hopefully. Twitter tomorrow if we get that news. Yeah, and I mean we could we we'll touch on Alan Lazard since we're talking about it. Let's just fire this up. Let's let's do a quick tab on him. I mean, Alan Lazard's kind of always been that guy that we wanted more from as a fantasy asset goes. You know, we kind of thought this year was his year in Green Bay. That turned out to not be the case. I mean, him landing to the Jets, obviously at the moment it looks like it's Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback until Aaron Rodgers is officially traded there, if that does happen. So I feel like Alan Lazard takes a huge step back at the moment I mean obviously you're going to hold and wait because there's an anticipation of Rodgers getting there but if Rodgers doesn't go there and you have Zach Wilson at your quarterback and you're playing behind Garrett Wilson possibly Elijah Moore if he kind of turns it around a little bit as far as the Jets brass are concerned but like I feel like Lazard is now just again into that purgatory of where like he's not very useful Um, I don't know how you feel about this Adam but like I feel like this is kind of like one of those signings where we're like, oh, God, he went to the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So with this signing, obviously everything points like everything points to the Aaron Rodgers situation, which is obviously valid. Um, but to me, and I mentioned him earlier, probably means Corey Davis is on his way out. The Jets can save about ten and a half million in cap space by releasing him. He's a free agent next season. So um, you would most likely, I'm sure, if Rodgers is there, Randall Cobb will follow as the wide receiver four, especially after the team moved on from Braxton Berrios. So you're probably going to be looking at a starting four of at receiver of Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Lazard, and and Randall Cobb. Um, based off what we saw last season, it's entirely possible Lazard's the number two over. Elijah Moore, just because Elijah Moore didn't play a lot. He was playing at times behind Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios. Um, And we know Alan Lazard is one of the three best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. And, of course, Mm -hmm. the connection with Rodgers. Like, he's going to be on the field, especially if Rodgers is there. Um, I think he'll be pretty similar to what he was once Christian Watson broke out last year. as like a touchdown-dependent wide receiver three. Um... I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he saw if Rodgers is there, I mean, obviously. Yeah, and he saw 100 targets last year. He just only turned it into 788 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he so got like, off to a great start to the season. He missed, I think, crazy. the first two weeks of the year, and then once he came back, he was really mm-hmm. productive and consistent. And then Christian Watson started to ease into the offense. We saw um, for a little bit Romeo Dobbs was really you know emerging. Um, we there's not a, a massive ceiling, but. As long as he's still with Aaron Rodgers, I think you would feel like we knew Christian Watson is the ascending talent in Green Bay. No question, Garrett Wilson's the number one in New York with the Jets. I think Lazard has more competition for the number two slash three than he did in Green Bay, but he still has a chance to return like low end wide receiver three numbers as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. 100% agree. I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't go, and I'm, I'm pretty out. I mean, he's a he's a good flex player. Obviously, if you already roster him, I'm not just cutting him. But, like, I'm not excited about that. And before we move on to the next person, I just want to take a shout-out over at FTNFantasy.com. If you're not already a member, sign up. Um, because we have a great NFL free agency signing tracker going right now. has all the relevant news with a nice little write-up on most of them. So definitely head on over there, check that out, keep you up to date because these signings are coming in fast and furious like we had mentioned today. It just kind of exploded, and I anticipate the same. There's still some pretty big names out there moving forward. So again, head on over there, ftnfantasy.com. You can uh, sign up there and then follow along on the free agent tracker. But moving on, Adam, let's talk about who you want to talk about. You want to talk about David Montgomery or you want to sh- talk about Rashad Penny? Um, the running backs. Let's start with uh, let's start with Penny since that one broke earlier. Rashad Penny to the Eagles, and this is very interesting, right? Because Miles Sanders very. is gone, so you're right now, and they also extended Boston Scott the same day. So right now, barring any draft day additions, you're looking at Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott, and I think there's a chance Gainwell gets. 10 to 12 touches this year as opposed to the 6-7 at some points and just kind of be relegated to passing down work. But mm. from what we've seen from a healthy Rashad Penny, and that is the caveat, if he's healthy, you can't deny the excitement because over the last couple of seasons on a little bit of a smaller sample because he's been out of the lineup quite a bit, he's been one of the most efficient running backs in football in terms of breakaway run rate, in terms of yards after contact per rushing attempt. And now he's playing... 
and I tweeted about it using you look at our advanced uh, stats hub at FTN Fantasy. Uh, Miles Sanders last year behind this Eagles offensive line, which also has Jason Kelsey back, which which we saw today. Um, third huge. in yards That's before contact. Yeah, massive. Third in yards before contact overall. He was top eight in uh, amount of carries where he wasn't even contacted. He had almost he had almost thirty carries last year where a defender didn't even touch him. So you put Rashad Penny Jeez. behind that offensive line. And not to mention what he can do when he is contact and if the, the play does break down. Yes, there's the concern of Jalen Hurts had the most, he was top five in carries from inside the five yard line last season. But we have seen Miles Sanders. And like, I think you can make the case if both players are healthy, Rashad Penny is just as good as Miles Sanders, if not even more explosive. Um, so I like, would definitely say more explosive. Like yeah, that long speed, those that big playability. Yeah, really Sanders has it too. It's just he's, he's fully healthy. Yeah, Sanders is more of like an east-west type of running back, and and Penny can break yeah. those long runs, but just not mess around. But like, if you give him, because Miles Sanders last year wasn't getting like even in because we know the Eagles were pass first offense for a lot of the a lot of the season, but like Sanders was getting really healthy volume last season. It was like career high in volume. Yep, and he was. Even on the game, like he set career highs in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I Almost wrote about every it every basic week. Running stat, Corey. Yeah, I wrote about it every week in the FTN Fantasy game by game article. Like, if Miles Sanders doesn't score a touchdown, his floor is bad. Like, I think he averaged like five and a half fantasy or six fantasy points per game in the games he didn't score. I think you see a similar situation with Rashad Penny because you don't project him to catch passes in this offense. You didn't project mm-hmm. him to catch passes in Seattle's offense. They have Kenneth Gainwell, who they love, and I think it's going to be more involved this this season. But on a per-touch basis, he's probably going to be one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL again. Yeah, and I mean, last season, like we said, he only had 57 attempts due to injury. But again, via the stats hub at FTN Fantasy, is 6.1 yards per carry. You know, like he he's a very explosive running back that can kind of just take one touch to the house. And I think that's going to be nice to add to the Philadelphia offense. I mean, not that Sanders couldn't do that, but I think Penny has a little bit more like we alluded to here just a minute ago that a little bit more explosiveness than Sanders does. But like I bumped him up pretty far, like he went from like irrelevant for me. Like, I really thought he was just going to be done, like either retire mm-hmm. or end up in like Seattle and kind of, you know, be a, a flame out near the partway through the season. But this to me, like, kind of got me excited. You know, I moved him up. I mean, he's like into the mid 40s for me at, at, at running back at the moment. Like, I just want to see what the Eagles do, because I feel like they could draft somebody still and kind of kill all this buzz. But I really liked this signing for them, and I, I like it a lot for Penny as far as a fantasy asset goes. Like, at the end of last season, I was telling a lot of people, oh, yeah, Rashad Penny's basically done. And now I'm like, well, I'm going to have to eat those words because <laughs> this this definitely makes him much more interesting headed to 2020. Yeah. And, like, you have this elite offensive line. Jalen Hurts opens up so much for the running backs. Um, and with this offensive line, especially Miles Sanders, the last three seasons in terms and ranks among running backs and yards before contact per attempt, uh, fourth, second, fourth. So Penny is getting a massive offensive line upgrade. And like, if you're giving Rashad Penny four and a half yards before he's even touched, like he could. Like, if Rashad Penny plays the majority of the season, if he led the NFL in 15-plus yard carries, I would not be surprised. Like, he'll be right up there with, like, Chubb, Henry, JT, mm-hmm. all the usual suspects in that uh, statistic. So, 
yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Of course, the caveat is, can he stay healthy? I actually like this opportunity as well, though. See if somebody's kind of like, damn, I thought Kenneth Gainwell was going to get that opportunity. Because I, I do think Kenneth Gainwell, A, is more involved this season because I, I, I've when he was in Memphis, I loved Kenneth Gainwell. Um, but B, mm-hmm. Rashad Penny just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So there's a chance Kenneth Gainwell's getting 12 to 15 touches per game in one of the league's best offenses with all the efficiency you love from this, this rushing game. Yeah, and I think that that could be a big takeaway, like you said, too. You know, like Gainwell might get a little bump as well just because at the moment, I mean, it, it looks like Gainwell's the guy outside of like we had alluded to with Penny, depending on if he stays healthy. So, again, I do like that a uh, little bit of a bump for Do you think Penny this Gainwell takes well. them out of the Bijan sweepstakes? Because they still have the 30th overall no. pick. I agree. I, I, I posted, or uh, I had made a tweet as soon as I saw this signing, too. I was like, well, that looks like it's security for the Eagles in case they don't get Bijan. That's how I feel. I feel like they're going to take a shot at it. If he's there at 30, I, I don't see how they pass up. No. I don't think he'll be and there I at 30. Like if he starts the, I think if he falls to like the 20s, I could see the Eagles making a, a, a jump. You want to see a professional segue? Yeah, hit me. Bijan to the Bears now. Fully in play. Oh. Fully in play with the professional segue. David Montgomery, big signing. Uh, definitely ruining a lot of our DeAndre Swift hopes. Uh, signs with the Lions, uh, I believe I saw it was a three-year deal too, so it's not even like a short-term like solution. Montgomery's going to be there for a while. And for me, I think that this is huge for David Montgomery. Another team that we just talked about, the Eagles offensive line, the Lions offensive line is young and just as good. Um, very explosive off the ball. They kind of run the ball at will. Uh, we saw Jamal Williams have a career year last year, scoring uh, 17 touchdowns on the ground. He had over 1,000 yards on 260 attempts and 34 missed tackles. Like, I mean, he looked on a different level last season, and now you're getting David Montgomery, who I think is a slightly better running back. Um, the numbers don't say it from last year, but I do think that Montgomery is a better running back than Jamal Williams overall. And I do think that this is a huge upgrade for that position, but also it's going to carve into DeAndre Swift even more because I think Montgomery is another guy that you can kind of play on all the downs. He's a little bit better pass catcher than Jamal Williams. So I really like this, Adam. I don't know how you're feeling, but I, I gave Montgomery again another guy that got a little bit of a boost in my overall dynasty rankings just because, again, it was a longer-term deal, and I like the Lions situation much better than the Bears. The Lions are willing to run the ball. The Bears were, but the Lions just a better run team. Yeah, I have uh, Montgomery on, I guess it would be my second most important dynasty team, and outside of like maybe a, a Buffalo landing spot or staying in Chicago, like this is... This makes me very happy because we know this team, like, it started last year, like, Swift was getting, like, 18 to 20 touches the first couple games and then just and continued to have to fight through injuries, and they we saw how limited he was. I mean, he was playing behind Craig Reynolds for a lot of those games down the stretch. So I don't envision a scenario where DeAndre Swift's getting 20 touches. So if, no. if David Montgomery is simply walking into the Jamal Williams role, now, is he going to score as many touchdowns? I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't expect that. But Jamal Williams had 28 carries from, from inside the five yard line last season. That was easily the most in football. The next highest running back had 16 with Zeke. Like we know Jamal Williams again, a little bit touchdown dependent, but 
Yeah, you talked about it. An emerging offense, probably a top three offensive line in football. And Montgomery efficiency-wise hasn't been fantastic over his career, but he's also played on some bad offenses behind a bad offensive line. This, If he's getting 15 to 18 carries per game, yeah, this is this is awesome for Montgomery. I do think the Lions don't plan on you know giving Swift that full workload because it's been a couple years now where it just kind of hasn't worked out. So I think Dave Montgomery is a, is a, like a low-end RB2 right now who is going to have some multi-touchdown games. I, I absolutely love it for the Lions and, yeah, and I mean, for Montgomery. Montgomery finished the running back 24 in PPR, according to Fantasy Pros, in weeks 1 through 18 last year in PPR scoring, like I said, with 11 per game. And now that was with just four touchdowns, 740 yards, and 18 attempt, or 187 attempts. So that's basically, what, 187 divided by, I don't remember if he played every game, but basically around 10 to 12 touches a game. And now you're going to see that possibly more in Detroit. Um, and you figure Jamal Williams had that 16, 17 touchdowns, and he's going to now have to get that divvied up somewhere. And it's going to have to go a lot to Montgomery because DeAndre Swift, for some reason, who is a very good red zone running back, the Lions just don't like to use him down there. So I anticipate to see a good, you know, another probably, what would you say, six touchdowns. So Montgomery probably hits 10 this year. That's going to push him, you know, what? That's roughly 60 points depending on your scoring format, which would have put him at 230. So he would have been uh, an RB1 last season. Yeah. With, so, you know, six more touchdowns. Well, yeah, he would have been real close to an RB1. So huge for Montgomery. Um, not so good for Jamal Williams if you want him wanted him to return as a Lions fan, but might be better. You know, he might end up with our Bills. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and then you have uh, Khalil Herbert on the other side. When Khalil Herbert has started in place of Montgomery, he's been fantastic. Like just yeah, really, really good. I think he's averaging nineteen and a half rushing attempts, like eighty five rushing yards, like fourteen fantasy points per game in like five games over the last couple of seasons where Montgomery's been out. Then there was one game last year where Montgomery got hurt early and he had like 20 plus fantasy points. So yeah, Herbert, I'm I, not worried. I, Herbert's a, a big winner as long, but again, I'm not moving him until I right. know that they don't bring somebody. I, they else will in, add somebody, but they will add somebody. Again, it could easily be Bijan. And then this is all for nothing. But if they don't add Bijan or like Jameer Gibbs, there's really nobody else that they could add that says, like okay, they add somebody like a you know a, a Charbonnet, you know dates yeah, three. I'd say or something. Charbonnet is probably the only one that would be. Yeah. Charbonnet is probably going day two, mm-hmm. and I think that he could be an option that you could see possibly really digging into Herbert. Outside of that, you're getting a lot of what seems like turning into committee style running backs. So Herbert will still be involved, but again, it's the Bears. They like to run the ball. We've seen it, and we saw Montgomery. Even like you know, Everybody wants to push the efficiency, but the volume's just there with that Bears offense in the run game, so I'm in. I like Khalil Herbert enough that I think, again, I, I'm in a waiting holding pattern kind of with him, just because I want to. I don't want to go all in on him just yet, but if you believe in him and you think he's going to be the guy, now's probably the time, just because if they definitely don't bring somebody in, his price is going to skyrocket. Yeah, so. I mean, today they they added Travis Homer. That's strictly for some third down two minute drill, and he's one of the best pass protecting running backs in the league. So that's actually good news uh, for Herbert as, as of now. And if like we get into 
you know, the end of the draft and they don't add Bijan or Gibbs or, you know, Charbonnet, I mean, Herbert's probably looking at top 15 status for running backs going into draft season. So 100%. A couple uh, minor running back ones. I don't really want to spend a ton of time on this, but Smaje Pirine ends up in Denver. I think that's a pretty interesting underrated signing. Uh, Pirine's shown a good ability filling in for Mixon with the Bengals here in the past, kind of being able to be a three-down type of running back. Um, I think he has good value if there's a setback with Javante Williams at the moment, So, which I think is very likely. That injury was not a very friendly one. So I'm leaning more towards a Dobbins timeline, and his injury happened a few weeks later. So I think Pirine could be a sneaky guy to target. If people don't feel that way about him, and even if it's a one-year kind of rental in dynasty formats, I think that's a nice signing. How about you? Sorry, I was reading something on Twitter. <laughs> what are we talking about? Ah, here we go. Dude, listen, Smashay P. Ryan okay, to Denver. I, I'm trying to make it's not sure that I don't exciting, miss so anything. it's okay. I mean, it depends. Like, depends when we see Javante Williams. Um, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I'm saying. You know, if that Williams, I I see it as the. It's more of a Dobbins injury, and we saw how that battled with him. And Javante's is now even a couple weeks later, so. Yeah. All right. How about the Miami Dolphins? I mean, not much to see here, right? Do you feel like Mostert and uh, Wilson are the the guys going forward, or do you think this is – I mean, I think Miami uh, is clearly – we've seen the past couple years, like – I, I saw some stuff like on Twitter, like, oh, just because after the Moster and Wilson re-signings that they could be out of like the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. Like, I don't necessarily believe that, but yeah, it was it was weird because, you know, Wilson was hurt. Or, well, obviously he wasn't there to start the season, but then he got traded there and Moster was still the lead running back. And then Wilson really started to cut in. Then they both dealt with injuries. Um, it's obvious they're both like ideal fits in this um, in this in this running scheme from Mike McDaniel, it's the wide zone, you know, it, they, they're so good at it. So it wouldn't be surprising if this was the only moves they made at running back and they went in the season with these two. And then Savan Ahmed is the three. Um, they'll both be like high end flex plays weekly. If this mm-hmm. is the backfield, uh, I do think it's still possible. They could add somebody, but if not, like we know, we know what to expect. Someone. We know what to expect. We saw it last season. We yeah. know the running scheme is what these the scheme these two running backs have played in for years now in San Francisco and of course last year in Miami. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's, it's honestly like if they were to sign elsewhere, it'd probably be bad for fantasy for them. So this is probably the best situation for them, at least as of right now. Agreed. All right. Another one under the radar happened on the 13th, John Smith to Atlanta. How are we feeling here? I don't know really what the fantasy value is going to kind of be. I feel like Arthur Smith's never created a high volume tight end. Um, Kyle Pitts kind of added as a rookie, but like, again, I think it's still Kyle Pitts's passing presence. I think Johnny Smith also kind of gets used somewhatly, but I feel like maybe a little bit of an uptick coming from the Patriots just because he was never used, but still probably not a really fantasy relevant guy outside an injury. Do you agree? Yeah, I do think it's a little bit interesting, though, because the usage from Kyle Pitts last year was just so odd with Arthur Smith. Um, and we know John U. Smith and Arthur Smith have a history. Uh, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach uh, at Tennessee when John U. was there. So I think 
if there's any games where Kyle Pitts is out, I think Jono could be really good in this offense. But yeah, it's it's tough because like you don't want Kyle Pitts blocking. You pretty much want him playing essentially as the number two wide receiver or, or in the slot or whatever. Uh, we saw him dominate out wide. I just go back to that game two years ago in his rookie season where he faced Miami and was on the perimeter and just destroying Xavier Howard in coverage. Like it was really impressive. And then John Smith, the last couple of years, has been one of the worst run blocking tight ends in football. This team was like right there with the Bears in terms of how often they wanted to run the football. So it's a little bit weird in that aspect. But yeah, I mean, unless unless Kyle Pitts, if Kyle, unless Kyle Pitts is out of the lineup, John is not relevant, but he could still be irrelevant if that happens just because they don't throw the ball enough and and uh, and stuff like that. But I do think it's a little bit interesting just because of the connection with Arthur Smith. Like if there's like New England, that was like the worst contract ever because they gave him all that money to start for agency a couple yeah, years yeah. ago they just didn't use him and then signed hunter smith or hunter henry like the next yeah. day it, that hunter was henry though free agent it is ever. interesting because in the games without john who last season hunter henry was like a 90 percent snap share like 80 plus percent route participation oh yeah way more way more uh, <laughs> trustworthy for fantasy so and then and then they yeah, lose to kobe like myers the best takeaway yeah they lose yeah. to kobe myers like that's the best takeaway is like hunter henry's yeah. now Aguilar's still free agent, so like start. we could be looking at Hunter Henry as a clear number two pass catcher in this offense. Uh, Damian Harris is a free agent. I'm sure they'll add a receiver at the draft at some point, but yeah, like there's the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills all going in the right direction in the AFC East, and then there's the Patriots. It's uh, they could be really bad next year. Speaking of a former Patriot, Jacoby Myers moving on to reunite with Josh McDaniels. He is now a Raider. I personally don't love it. Um, I feel like his value is going to kind of just stay where it's at. I don't think it's an up or a down type of move. I think he's still just a, a wide receiver three to a flex player on your your rosters. Um, there's another move that we're going to talk about right after this uh, that kind of opens up some extra opportunity. But now you're going to be looking at a receiver core with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Jacoby Myers, all from question marks of who's being throwing him the ball or is there looks like jimmy garoppolo also joining him so two signings same talk jimmy g jacoby myers adam how are we feeling so the jacoby myers signing obviously happened before the darren waller trade and when it first happened i was about as unexcited as possible i thought it was very very meh although the like the talent and everything. Ditto. Like, like you have Renfro as the slot receiver. You still have Devontae Adams. Waller's there. They're going to run the ball with Jacobs 20 times a game if they can help it. But then Waller gets traded and things get a little bit different because you look at the the pairing with Jimmy Garoppolo, where Jacoby Myers runs his routes and succeeds and, and, and really excels is where Jimmy Garoppolo wants to throw the football. So he still won't project as any, like he's probably going to project in the same areas Alan Lazard that we just talked about um but I will say like he does fit what Jimmy Garoppolo wants to do very very well obviously uh familiarity with the offense with Josh McDaniels so um I'm a lot more interested now obviously but as long as Adams and Renfro are there and Jacobs obviously still being there nothing more than like he, he probably is the same player as he was the only difference is his target share is going down. Yeah, I'd agree. And that's it. You know, he's definitely the clear number two 
now. I mean, obviously, I would say he might be ahead of Renfro just because the familiarity with the offense and they're going out there giving him some money and McDaniels really wants him. So he's probably the number two most likely. But again, like you said, Garoppolo does like to target that area of the field where he's probably going to be making most of his hay. So I'm interested, again, at the at the right cost. I'm always interested in most players. It just feels very meh to me. Like, I, of all the places he could have went, this was not the place I was hoping for. So, again, I think he just stays where he's at, mid-level type of fantasy player who's going to be good for you, but it's going to be one of those that's probably a little hard to predict what game he's going to go off. Mm-hmm on how this offense will probably be designed and and ran through, Um, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo. I I expect a lot of Josh Jacobs and kind of just some play action off of that. But you'd mentioned a guy that I've always kind of liked a little bit, you know, maybe because he's good and it's hard to get a good tight end. But Darren Waller uh, gets traded today to the New York Giants. I really like this for Darren Waller. I feel like in Vegas, once they made the Jacoby Meyer signing, like you had mentioned, was sooner. I was kind of like, oh, now his share is even going down even more. But now he lands with the Giants, and he's honestly the best pass catcher, in my opinion, on this entire team right now, outside of maybe Barkley. But like, he's your best <laughs> playmaking option as a pass catcher at this point and to the date that I want, and I want all of Darren Waller right now. Obviously, the Giants are probably going to add others, I would hope, at least on the edge. But at the moment, like, Darren Waller's lined up to have, like, a Travis Kelsey workload or a Darren Waller of a couple years ago workload. As long as he stays healthy, Waller could return to that top four tight end. I mean, at least that's how I feel. I don't know about you, Adam, but I know that we've seen some people, I saw some people on Twitter, you know, making a, a a poke at like Evan Ingram and how he wasn't targeted. But like, I think this is a different regime. I don't know if Dayball's necessarily going to, Dayball's not going to avoid his tight end. Dayball's very good at getting the ball to his top playmakers. They went out and got him and that's for a reason. So I'm all in on Darren Waller. How about you, Adam? Yeah. Like I honestly think I like him more here than with the Raiders, just because there's a chance he can get, the most targets at the position outside of Kelsey. There, there, there's a legitimate chance that happens. Um, now, the Giants, I saw a report, I think Diana Rossini reported that the Giants aren't done. They're still looking to add receivers, which you'd expect. But that was more so, more towards like not even the draft. We know they're going to draft receivers. Um, there's a chance we see this Giants starting offensive uh, in terms of pass catchers week one as like rookie receiver, whether it's like Flowers, Addison, whoever, and then... Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, and Waller. And, like, that's a supporting cast where Waller can command, like, a 25% target share. Um, Now, he's dealt with some Mm -hmm. injuries the last couple seasons. Um, But, yeah, like, if he can stay on the field and, like, the Giants don't add, like, DeAndre Hopkins or somebody of that ilk, yeah, I think he is easily back into the top five consideration and has an outside shot of finishing like if like if, the, if Lamar is playing for the Ravens this season like I don't think he's going to be better I don't think Waller's gonna be better than Kelsey or Andrews but could he be better like the question the past couple years has been Waller or Kittle Waller or Kittle Waller's been a little bit hurt Kittle's been up and down but when he's been up he's been like weak winning uh potential I think we're kind of back especially with the quarterback situation 
in a little bit of disarray for San Francisco, I think we're almost back in that same situation going to drafts, Waller or Kittle. And right now, I don't know where I would go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you could even argue Andrews has kind of fallen back down to that position. And again, I mean, obviously, again, it's kind of quarterback turmoil, but last season was not very good for Mark Andrews as a fantasy asset. So I don't know if I'm ready to push him over Andrews just yet. And like you said, even if they add Hopkins, honestly, I'm still in on Waller being right there with like Kittle and like I put Kittle, Waller, like Friermuth, um, probably that would be my grouping right there that I'm kind of like, okay, all these guys are fairly close to each other, maybe Goddard. But outside of that, you know, I'm not pushing him down any further, but I think he stays right there. Even if they add like DeAndre Hopkins, if they add a rookie, definitely just because the rookie wide receivers, yes, they do have, they can come in and be a big impact, but like Waller's still going to get a good amount of target share. And we've seen that in the past, you know, like Kittle's a good example of it. You know, Kittle still has to deal with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, even Christian McCaffrey last year at the end of the season, and he was still very viable, So, especially at the tight end position. I really like it. I don't know what his value is going to be. It's probably going to be a little pricey to try and acquire him at the moment. But I'm going to see. I definitely want to, to dip my toes in that water just to see, especially if I need a tight end, uh, especially with how tough the tight end landscape is for fantasy at the moment. What do you think? In Dynasty, though, like Waller's, what, 31? couple injuries like yeah i mean he, how would he, you he's like i actually made a trade too I'm, I'm like a contender like, it's kind of it's kind of related I, i'm i'm a contender in one of my leagues and yeah. i still have a little bit of concern about what's going on with the ravens and i was offered travis kelsey and a second round pick for mark andrews and i accepted it. and andrews is 27 kelsey's 33 i understand that but i'm a contender so i thought why not but like what would you how would you kind of value waller now with this move all the and like despite the fact that he's coming off multiple seasons with injuries and he's 31. I feel like he still sits in that category of the tight end position. I mean, he's not Kelsey. Obviously, Kelsey garners a lot more value just because it's Travis Kelsey and he's the cream of the crop when it comes to tight ends. I think I Kelsey's going to have like a Tony Gonzalez end of his career where he plays was like 38, 37 and just gets all the targets. Yeah. So I'm not even worried. And because he just takes care of his body, you know, I just feel like he's always never looks like he's lost a step you know he's just very good at maintaining it and he's even up there in age as well but like for me Darren Waller is just kind of like a tier below that but again the tight end position is just so bad that I'm gonna take that risk and even if you're a contender I'm paying for it just because you figure you have one or two years in the window and he's got two years left in him I would believe Maybe you're not going to see him every single game, but it's like falls back to that George Kittle. You know, you don't get Kittle every single week because of injuries, because of his physicality. But when he does play, like you said, they're like game winning weeks. So I would like to get Waller, pair him with a mid-level guy like a Dawson Knox or a Dalton, well, Dalton Schultz, maybe somebody in that range that you could probably possibly roster both of them. And like you could just pivot out when you don't need to. But. I still really want Darren Waller, and I, I wouldn't value him. Obviously, if I'm a contender, I'm in, and I want him. If I'm rebuilding or I'm at that mid-level type of team that just a tight end's not going to give me that jump, I'm not going after him just because I'd rather have probably the younger option that I already have on my roster. Yeah. That's where I would look at it. Um, 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, I'm, and for Daniel Jones too, it helps. Obviously, Daniel Jones was tenth among quarterbacks in fantasy points per dropback last season. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with the the rushing yards and the touchdowns. But if he's going to continue running the football, which he will in Brian Dayball's offense, it's a huge part of what they do. Uh, the design runs. Daniel Jones was like fourth among all quarterbacks in design rushing attempts last season. And you add Darren Waller, and you hopefully add some more talent at wide receiver. Like he's going to throw more than fifteen touchdown passes next season. So. Yeah, Daniel Jones could easily be a, a top 12 quarterback, um, the improvements are making. Yeah, and I I've, I was in on Daniel Jones last year as like a mid-level super flex quarterback. Still not looking to grab him if I'm playing one QB just because I don't I don't think the value's there necessarily. If I like really, really I think wait, there's 12 better quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, if I really wanted to wait, maybe. Like if, if you really, if, draft, if, maybe like if I waited like that, waited but, too long, right? And I and I had to settle. Daniel, like, option, I'm cool with yeah. I'm cool with drafting Daniel Jones, hoping he has a good week one matchup and then streaming if if he's in a bad spot the rest of the way, um, just because his floor was so high. Like he was over 25 rushing yards and like almost like over half yeah. of his game. So like that's like almost that's like three points right off the bat. Would you rather go Daniel Jones or Kenny Pickett? I feel like those two are kind of near each other in Dynasty. Yeah, I was going to say in redraft was not even close. Um I would go Daniel Jones. I kind of. Feel I, I could. I feel like I could when I'm looking at Dynasty, easily like wrong. It's still th- if George Pickens becomes a star, it's yeah. the one thing I'm worried about. But the problem is, like Deontay's been like one of the least efficient volume receivers in the league. The offensive line is still mess. So give me Daniel Jones. He's already proven to be not just like reliable for fantasy, but like legitimately good. Uh, give me Daniel Jones. Obviously extended. He's he's got the contract. He's got talent around him now. Um, not immense talent, but improving each each day, it feels like. So I'll go Daniel Jones. Fair. I agree. I I do still like Kenny Pickett decently long-term, but like I'm looking at a two-, three-year window, and I think Daniel Jones gives me that best ability at the moment. And he's going to be there for a couple of years still. I think Dable can kind of keep him at a the other thing, level too, like to keep his job. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, that helps, right? Like give me – Easily, right? Give me um, Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka running running the mm-hmm. running the offense of Daniel Jones, as opposed to um, Matt Canada, who's been pretty underwhelming for the Steelers. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he turns it around. <laughs> I doubt it, but yeah, highly unlikely. All right, before we get out of here, two quarterback signings could be under the radar. One's a little sneaky. Uh, Taylor Heineke in Atlanta, Sam Darnold at the 49ers. I think the Heineke one's a little interesting, depending on where they go in the draft, if they don't bring a quarterback in. If Desmond Ritter doesn't pan out, you could see Taylor Heineke, again, have some fantasy value, especially in super flex formats. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Adam. I think Ritter gets the job, uh, but there's obviously going to be a competition, and I think Heineke's worth stashing at the end of your bench for a little bit if you are Definitely quarterback needy in super flex leagues, especially in Dynasty, where the waiver wire is usually pretty bleak. Uh, Sam Darnold, I don't know where. I'm thinking this is a backup for Trey Lance, and I think Trey Lance is your starter. Uh, I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to be the starter when he's healed from his UCL injury, but I don't know where they're going because, like you mentioned even earlier, it's kind of a carousel here. But either of these interest you at all as far as the Dynasty looks? Um, I mean, Heineke to an extent, just because we've seen him be 
you know, very solid for fantasy. Not like weak winning or anything, but like mm-hmm. he's but he's he, a good guy if you if he can get you like seventeen you, to nineteen you know, points. Gives you a nice floor. Yeah, and he's of. from he's from Georgia, so there's a little bit of narrative. You don't love like you definitely. Ooh, you didn't, I always love those narratives. Yeah, you didn't love the Washington offense, but like the Atlanta one, it's gonna be run first with. As of right now, you have, you know, London Pitts, but um, yeah, I think obviously like it didn't look like he was going to start if he stayed in Washington anyway, because it looks like they're going with Sam Howell. But, um, you know, Heineke is what he's been. He's he's a backup quarterback who should be on rosters in Superflex Dynasty Leagues, and hopefully you can get a couple starts out of him when you're in a pinch. And then uh, the the Darnold one was interesting just because of the Brock Purdy storyline. If he's going to be ready in time, how long will he be out? Um, Trey Lance obviously looked has looked good in the very limited sample size we've seen of him in the NFL, but um, there's a like I, I would love to see Trey Lance become you know the franchise quarterback, but there's a chance he doesn't, and he's also dealing with an injury he came uh, back from, and and Darnold that was actually pretty good last season when he took over for Carolina, so uh, it, it actually makes a lot of sense for San Fran, and we'll have to see what happens with uh, with Brock Purdy's recovery. Who do you really okay? Quick question, and then we're we're dipping out because we're we're pushing our time limit here. People don't like us that much, right? But Tyler or Tyler Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, both healthy. Say week three, they're all healthy. Who's your starter? If it was you, or what do you think they're gonna do? Do you think it's Trey Lance who has that draft capital, kind of the guy they really wanted it to be? Or Brock Purdy, who kind of finished the season out real strong. It's so tough because, like, Purdy played well. But a lot of it was the system. He made some throws, don't get me wrong. I just feel like after watching the, the Jets give Zach Wilson multiple shots with that draft capital, I, I think I think they owe, I think San Fran owes it to themselves and to Trey Lance to give him more time. Like, he was playing well in that game. I think it's got to be Lance. Yeah, he, it has to be. He was playing well in that game where he got hurt and his season was over. Like, And, like, I think the thing, too, me, is, like, if is you so now know that if Brock Purdy has to come in in a pinch, he's very comfortable in the system. He cannot just, yeah. like, keep you afloat. He can win games for you. So I understand you want to get that at the start, maybe to get that started for you, but I think you have to see what you have in Trey Lance. I, like, I just think we haven't seen nearly enough. Yeah, I think it's got to be Trey Lance. That's my personal opinion. I know a lot of people want it to be Brock Purdy. I just I think it's got to be Trey Lance. Once they're all healthy, it's my personal opinion. All right, until tomorrow when we uh, break down some of these rookie prospect profiles. Unless of course we get you know a ton of more free agent we news might. that we got to talk about because that that becomes more pertinent in my opinion at least at this moment. So. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is back the FTN Dynasty Podcast. Thanks for listening to the FTN Dynasty Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. 